Thank you, Pastor Steve. Wow, what a good God. And um, yeah, all of that about, about my life as a Pharisee, as I think Pastor Jake said, this, uh, there's a book back there on the table about that. And uh, we have Andy, who's going to be helping you at the table after the service. Wave, yeah, well, she's waving over there. That's Andy. Look for her. Uh, let me just mention quickly a couple of things that we have on the table there as well. Uh, this, get the slope working here. <laughs> um, this is a flash drive. There we go. You got me covered. Ooh, whoa, look at that. I like that. You better watch and make sure that's still here when I leave. I, I, no, I'm kidding. This is a flash drive. Uh, it has almost everything that's on the table there. It has uh, four of my books, uh, five MP4 videos, and uh, all the audio sets that are out there as well are on here. And uh, that's back there. Here is a set of videos. It's all about the kingdom. If what I preach here this morning makes you hungry and you want more, this is it. Uh, four different messages about that. Um, we've got Be Healed cards out there. They're way better than Get Well cards, okay? They're designed to get people healed. And uh, so there are three different designs. This one here is Jesus coming out of the tomb. And uh, each one has this CD with it, which is a healing declaration. And the doctor's orders with this card, that's me, okay? I'm the doctor. Doctor's orders are, and you can write them right into the card when you write your greeting to your person. Uh, doctor's orders are, listen to the CD until you're healed, okay? And that's happened for a lot of people. For some reason, these are especially effective against cancer. I don't really know why. We've had a number of testimonies that come in where people have just been flat out healed by letting that healing declaration just flow over them over and over again. Um, this little book here is how to receive your healing from God and keep it. You can have the book free if you buy anything else on the table today. So uh, check that out back there as well. I have uh, two books that I went um, last summer after 22 years of doing this, I took a sabbatical, Pastor Jake, and uh, I went out to North Dakota. I, I, I like it out there. And I did two things. I wrote books and I fished for walleyes. <laughs> and I got a lot of walleyes, but I got these two books as well. And uh, we're offering these to you today for two for $15. This one is uh, The Kingdom of God. The Arrival of God's Reign and Realm on Earth. I believe it's a really good, quick introduction to what the kingdom of God actually is. This one is Between God and Caesar, Finding the Balance in an Unbalanced World. If you have questions about Christians' involvement in political stuff, in national stuff of the United States of America, this is the book you want to read. It's based on Jesus' words in Matthew 22, where he says, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And I go after how exactly do you go about doing that. So check that all out. We have newsletters back there as well. They're free. Just take one with you and you'll be blessed. Wow. Everybody scream right out loud right now. I'm ready for the word, doctor. Ooh, you guys are good screamers here. That's good. 
All right, let's get that uh, PowerPoint going, guys. And we're going to start out in the book of Acts here today. The gospel of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Ooh. Can we get it on the back one, too? Is that possible? That'd be awesome. Acts chapter 1 is where we are in the Bible. Now, of all the subjects that are in the New Testament, this is the one that Jesus talks about the most. Jesus, most, many if not most of his parables are about the kingdom. He's constantly talking about it. He's constantly demonstrating it. Jesus constantly does two things with the kingdom. He describes it, and then he demonstrates it. And friends, that is the challenge that is in front of us as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in the 21st century. It's no different than it was back then. People want to hear that there is such a thing as the kingdom of God, but they want to see that it's really real. Amen? In fact, what I think we should do before we go into that scripture, if you're sick or, or have pain or something in your body here today, why don't you stand up right now? You want to be healed, basically. Hallelujah. Anybody in the house? Thank you, Lord. Let's just believe Jesus here today, amen? Do you believe his presence is here in this house after this awesome, awesome worship we've had here today? We invited him to come, and he's come, and he's the king, and he's in charge, and he's awesome. So, Father, we just come to you right now, and we just let this healing power just come down, your healing presence right into these precious people right now. In the name of Jesus, come, Holy Spirit, and settle down on us here and now. In Jesus' holy name, take your hand and just lay it on yourself right there where you are. Father, we just come into alignment with your word right now. We lay our hands on ourselves. Jesus said they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Thank you, Jesus, for this recovery that's coming in right now. Right now, conditions of pain, you have to go. Yeah. You source and root of pain, get out yeah. in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It's resurrection power just coming in. You spirit of infirmity that has come to challenge the systems of the body right now. Get off of these people and let them alone. Jesus is Lord here. He's King and Lord, and his name is higher than every name that has been brought in here today. High blood pressure, hypertension, you are a name. Go from here in Jesus' name. Diabetes, you are a name. Go from here now. Submit to the name that is higher than you. Hallelujah. Pains in the knees right now. Get out of there. We say yes to heaven and yes to mercy. And yes, to life coming down and in. Right now, we say yes. Heart conditions. Be whole in Jesus' name. Steady, normal beating in the name of Jesus. Lord, we declare to you today that there is nothing that is too difficult for you. 
And so we bring these needs and we bring these issues and we bring these conditions in these bodies right now and we say the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and his willingness to be smitten at the whipping post, those are enough. So to all of these conditions, we say it's enough. Go, your time is up. You have to leave. And we say heaven coming down here to earth in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Just let that come settle on you here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you need to move some parts around and just check some stuff out, see what's going on. I'm telling you, back pain has got to go. Arthur has to go. You know about Arthur-itis? <laughs> yeah, he has to go in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Move around, uh, run in the aisles, uh, do... Uh, Cartwheels, whatever you need to do, hallelujah. We're saying yes to heaven, yes to mercy, yes to life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's give him a big hand clap of praise here today. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. All right, who knows something actually transacted here right now? There's, there's just difference in it. Yeah, what, what happened, brother? Amen. And it's gone. Crick in the neck is gone. Yeah, amen. Amen. Anybody else? You know, something just changed, transacted here. Hallelujah. Raise up your hand if you got something. Motion or pain? Or, yeah, over here. I think I remember talking about that. <laughs> it's not there, huh? It's gone. Yeah, do it. Do some more of that jumping up and down there a little bit. Yeah, try that some more. Whoa, look at that. Hallelujah. Give the Lord some more praise. Hallelujah. What a God. Hallelujah. All right, so Jesus did two things. He described the kingdom and he demonstrated the kingdom. Amen? So in, in Acts chapter 1, just want to read a few verses here, starting at verse 6. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Oh, what a question. Jesus had been with them in the flesh for three and a half years. As I just said, Jesus' major topic was the kingdom of God. Certainly, they talked about it when it was just Jesus and the 12. We have mostly what he said about it out in public. And they ask this question? Now, if I had been Jesus, I, I would have been like this. Oh, no, you guys. I got to ascend to heaven here in about, you know, three minutes here. And this, you know, I don't know about this. But Jesus is so kind. He's always, he, he is so loving. But he's also so powerful and so all-sufficient. Amen? Amen? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Hallelujah. So let's go to our next slide here. 
the timing of the kingdom. There it is. Reading these words, and people, of course, over the centuries have come up with theological doctrines and teachings about them. And uh, there is a response to this, to the disciples' question and to Jesus' answer. And the first one is that the kingdom is postponed. These are the people who say, you know, Jesus came and he announced the kingdom and he demonstrated it. He offered it to the nation of Israel. They didn't want it, so he put it back in his pocket and he ascended back up into heaven with it. And now the church just kind of has to do the best they can, get a few people saved, do, do whatever you can. But there's no kingdom at all. It's, it's been postponed. Oh, he'll, he'll, it'll all come when he comes back in the second coming. Uh, we, we need to have a thing we do here with stuff that's wrong today, okay? It's a statement called, eh, <laughs> okay? So everybody ready? The kingdom postponed, eh, <laughs> okay? No. Okay, how about this one? The kingdom realized, hey, not only is it here and at hand and, and uh, healing bodies and saving souls, man, we're taking over countries. We're, we're changing governments. We're, uh, the popes really got into this in the Middle Ages. They were the rulers of Western Europe, basically. And uh, to the kingdom realized in this present age, we need another comment like the one we just did. The kingdom realized, eh. All right, number three, the kingdom inaugurated. Hallelujah. Now there's our word. Jesus set it in place, started it functioning, handed it off to the disciples here in, in verse 8 of this passage and said, you are going to be endued with power from on high and you're going to take this message out to the world. Isn't it amazing that the book of Acts starts with a question about the kingdom and ends with a statement about the kingdom in chapter 28? It's truly amazing. The whole book is about the kingdom. It really is. Next slide, please. Hallelujah. What do the scriptures teach? All right. First of all, and by the way, if you want more on this, get my two books. It'll give you a lot more than I have time to give you here this morning. Um, the kingdom is always a reign. Let's spell that together, everybody. R-E-I-G-N. It's always a reign. In Exodus 19, a very famous uh, passage of scripture from the Old Testament, God wanted Israel to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. He wanted the whole people to be that. What God had to settle for by the time we get through the book of Exodus and on into the other books of the law is you have the tribe of Levi, you have one tribe, and they're the priests, and they're, they're doing the stuff of the kingdom. So... We come to 1 Samuel. In 1 Samuel, the people have observed the nations around them. They don't want the Lord God to reign directly over them anymore. They want a human inter intermediary, a human king. And you know the story. God says to Samuel, they have not rejected you. They have rejected me that I should not, what? Reign over them. So they get Saul, and you all know the story of sad, sad story of Saul, who started out great and ended up terrible. 
So for 500 years, you get the history of Israel then under the kings. King David becomes the ideal king of Israel, but he had his issues as well, right? So every kingdom is a reign. But kingdoms are usually a realm as well. The realm of a kingdom is the physical place where it happens. The realm of a kingdom is the soldiers, it's the horses, the chariots. In the modern world, it's missiles and tanks and, and buildings and hired people and all that kind of stuff. That's the realm. So, we go over to the next slide. What is the kingdom of heaven? Jesus comes on the scene. Now let's turn there real quickly, Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, and verse 17. And Aiden, you can come on up here on the platform if you would, please. It says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want everybody to just scream right out loud, what does that mean, doctor? What does that mean, you realize that these people have had a consciousness of the kingdom now for hundreds of years. They know what a kingdom is. So Jesus stands there. He's got no spear in his hand, no crown on his head. That would come later, the crown of thorns, right? The spear would be in Jesus' side. His hands would be the places where the nails held him to the cross. That's the kind of king Jesus was going to be. But nobody knew that yet on this day because Jesus was inaugurating the kingdom. And in that state, probably still with sawdust on him from the carpenter shop, Jesus stands up and says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And everybody is like, ah. Now, just to show you what this at hand means, Aiden and I are going to help you here today, right? This bottle of water is at hand. See that? Literally, it's in my hand, and he's got his hand stretched out. It's at hand. That's how close it is to him. But if I take another action and I go like this, ooh, now he's got it. And it's all yours. And it's unopened and it's cold, so go ahead. You, you can drink it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Good, eh? All right. Give the Lord some praise. Thanks, thanks, Aiden, for helping here today. <clears throat> the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's how close it really is. But you see, I can extend that bottle in his direction all day. If he just lets his hands hang at his side, he's not going to receive the kingdom. Is that right? All right. So... This is the reign without the realm. Remember, we just said what the reign was. We said what the realm was. Jesus has the task. It's, 
if you could see the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we got this task. We got to give the kingdom to the people on earth. This is before Jesus came. I mean, there's only one. There's no angel can do this. There's no human being that can do this. This has got to be Jesus, the Son of God. And Jesus is sent down here to get people to embrace a reign without a realm. Say, how could there be such a thing? And as I just said, well, his life and his death and his resurrection shows exactly how there can be a reign without a realm. And the, and the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is reigning right now. It just reigned over a knee situation over here and our sister over here. It reigned over a neck, a neck crick that he had this morning when he got up. The kingdom of God is reigning. But if we think it's some kind of organized realm structure that we all can be part of in this present age, I say no. It is, it is the reign of God over every situation. Now let's look at Matthew 10 real quickly here. This is where it gets really good. Verse 7 of Matthew 10, Jesus is speaking to the 12, and he says, As you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. There it is again. Now they're supposed to say it. I wonder if maybe you and I are supposed to say it. <laughs> when we're interacting with people out here in La Crosse and on Alaska, amen? Amen. But then he says, here's what Jesus says. The kingdom, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and if you find some sick people, get them to hang out, and I'll come in a little while and heal them. <laughs> yeah, let's back up. He's, he's got it here today. Get them to hang out, and in a little while, I'll come and heal them. Right. No, Jesus said, the understand subject of an imperative verb. Tell your neighbor I'm back in school again here. Go ahead, tell him, all right? The understood subject of an imperative verb. It's the same in English as it is in Greek. It's not hard. You heal the sick. You cleanse the lepers. You raise the dead. You cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. I know you're sitting there, I'm just little old me. I know, I'm just little old me. And you know what? When I gave that healing declaration in Tanzania that you saw on that screen, and you saw that woman get up there, that woman had a fractured femur. She had laid on the floor of her hut for two weeks, not knowing what she was going to do. No medical infrastructure in that place whatsoever. She took a few pain tablets to kind of hold down the pain. Literally, in the testimony, she said, I tried to walk, but I couldn't because of the pain. A, an actual fracture of the femur. Her friends brought her to the crusade, laid her down on the grass of the field, and we just got up and made a healing declaration. And the power of God came, angels came, the Holy Spirit came, snapped that femur back together. You saw her jumping up and down. Hallelujah. The kingdom came. Hallelujah. Now, uh, we better not go to this one here next. Uh, just get my book on God and Caesar, okay? 
you are supposed to render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and that's not just taxes, okay? That's uh, a number of other things. You wouldn't stop with God and just paying your tithes. Would you say, well, I paid my tithes, that's all. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to witness to people. I don't have to be kind to my family. I paid, so I'm good. No, and don't do that with Caesar either. You live in a, oh boy, here we go. You live in a constitutional republic where you have responsibilities as a citizen. Responsibilities to hold your government accountable such as been, it's unimaginable to the masses of humanity that live today and historically in, on the earth. What, the rulers would be accountable to the people? How could that be? God gave us that in 1776 and 1789. Realize you are standing in a very, very special place living in this nation. You just need to travel the nations of the world a little bit to understand that. And friend, it's time for Christians to stand up and say there is a moral foundation for this nation. There is righteousness, peace, and joy. Let's see, I guess in Romans, that's the kingdom of God, isn't it? And without it, it's going to crumble and fall, but not on our watch in the name of Jesus. I want to see these young people, 25 and under, that are getting saved and healed and delivered and en masse right now. It's starting. I want to see them have a nation here to live in, in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, if the Lord tarries is coming. Amen? Amen. Next slide. Now, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. There are people who teach that they are two different things. I'm going to say to you today, I, need, I want you to say, okay, and here's why. Actually, for some strange reason, the kingdom of heaven is a wrong translation of what the Greek says. The Greek says kingdom of the heavens, plural, every single time. And the phrase only occurs in one book in the Bible called the Gospel of Matthew. And I believe that Matthew uses that phrase because he's writing to present the Gospel to the Jews, and the Jews like to have the reference to God, the direct reference to God avoided, and to use what you would call a roundabout way of speaking about God. Jews did that all the time. And so when you say heaven, you're saying God. So Matthew says, 31 times in that gospel, Matthew says, the kingdom of the heavens. And for some reason, our English translations, ever since the King James, <laughs> all the way on down to the ones, most modern ones right now, they say kingdom of heaven which is how they do it. Uh, so this phrase, 31 times in Matthew, uh, when Matthew uses kingdom of heaven, both Mark and Luke, in the parallel passages that are describing the same thing, use the phrase the kingdom of God. So I draw a conclusion from that, that the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are the same thing. If you want to check that out for yourself, just go online and get into a gospel parallel where it shows the gospel passages uh, that are indeed parallel with one another, where they're describing the same account, the same encounter that Jesus is having, and you'll find this to be true. So the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are the same thing. Hallelujah.
That's important to know. Now, next slide. Everyone scream right out loud. What does this look like, doctor? Well, here it is. If you wanted to go into a third world village, and you wanted to have a majority of the Muslims in that village believe on Jesus and become followers of Jesus, what would you do? Well, let's see, I'm going to come up with a great big intellectual plan here. And, and, uh, <laughs> that's not what we did. What we did is we went and we described and demonstrated the kingdom. These two men right here, the guy with the gray cap on, the other one with the white one, there's actually a third guy, their buddy over, the camera wasn't wide enough to get him over here on the left side. These guys are the Muslim patriarchs of the village of Bwanga, Tanzania. They saw a woman who they know, knew who had a broken femur, you saw her too. They saw her and knew her femur was broken and saw her jumping up and down on the platform. Hmm. I, gave, I preached and I gave an altar call. And this guy in the gray cap, as he was, and by the way, streamed out behind him are their wives, their children, their rallies. There's probably, there's well over 100 people uh, probably 200 that came with these guys when they made their move to come forward. That's how Muslims respond. One of the reasons we have a lot of trouble and persecution with, with people being, uh, and I'm not saying that that's wrong, so sometimes persecution has to happen. But one way to alleviate it is to get these guys saved because who's going to go against them in the village? They say, we're, we're, we're Christians, we're following Jesus, uh, and so is our whole family and our whole tribe. So several hundred of them followed Jesus. But this guy, as he was walking forward to come to the altar call, was repeating this phrase in Swahili. And I turned to one of our boys on the platform, and I said, what is this man saying? He listened. He said, sir, he is saying... I want this Jesus, I want this Jesus, I want this Jesus. And friend, he got them that day. We led them to Jesus. They're new creations in Jesus. And I would say, I, my estimation would be a majority of the Muslims in that village are now followers of Jesus. Hallelujah. I think you should give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. So, next slide, please. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. We all know in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus starts the Lord's Prayer with this amazing statement. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So what if Jesus inaugurated it led out with it, handed it off to the disciples in Acts 1.8, and said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. What if they acted and operated all through the book of Acts, advancing the kingdom by getting people saved, by getting their bodies healed, by casting out demons? It's all there, just like Jesus did. 
And then you come to the end of the book of Acts, and it's the Apostle Paul <laughs> in a rented house in Rome telling people about what? The kingdom of God. So friends, I'm here to tell you in this statement of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, there's enough room for two comings, not just one. Two ages, not just one. This age and the age to come. Your kingdom come, your will be done. There's a proper fulfillment of that that you and I are living in right now. Signs and wonders. We sang it in the, in the songs here today. The expectation of it. We had it right here in the service. People got healed of, of actual conditions right here in this service that you are sitting in, uh, in your presence. You have no excuse. You cannot say, I don't know the kingdom of it, where it is or what it is. You saw it here today. Can you say amen to that? It's the kingdom of God. But when Jesus comes back in the second coming, oh, baby. That's going to be something else. Let's just read it real quickly in Revelation chapter 19. You want to stay awake for the last act of the play. <laughs> the last scene of the movie, right? Revelation chapter 19. What's it going to be like? Verse 11, I saw heaven opened. That's a perfect participle in Greek. It means it opened and it stayed open from that point onward. Heaven opened a number of times in Scripture before that, but it closed back up again for some reason. And that's a revival is. It's heaven opening for a temporary period of time, opening over a nation or over a city. And I'm kind of warming you up for tonight now. I see that. <laughs> okay. And... That's exactly what it is. But this time, when it opens up, it stays open. And behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him is called Faithful and True. In righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Who do you think this is? Shout it out to me. Jesus. Jesus. The armies in heaven clothed in white linen, white and clean, fine linen, clean, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Why a kingdom? Because he's a king. Hallelujah. And when this phase of the kingdom comes, hallelujah, you and I, true believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, are going to rule and reign this earth with Jesus in a period of time called the millennium, a thousand years. Hallelujah. No more prime ministers. No more presidents as we know them now. Jesus is going to be the king. Hallelujah. And you people are going to be in all kinds of different positions. <laughs> Things now that we now call city councilmen and senators and congressmen and mayors and all kinds of things. Very important that we come and be trained 
in righteousness, in purity. How will you reign? You say, doctor, you're out of your mind. I forgot to warn you about that, okay? Uh, How will you reign when Jesus comes and sets up his reign on this earth and you and I are reigning and ruling with him? Well, I'll tell you what I've asked for. I want to be governor of Minnesota (laughs) under Jesus. Okay, the slot limits on walleyes are going to go, you know, (laughs) out of here. (laughs) I'm kind of kidding, but kind of (laughs) not. We got a state legislature over there right now that needs to be reigned over. (laughs) They're going berserk. But Jesus is Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's all stand up together, please. He's coming back. It's going to be amazing. The whole deal on the kingdom, friend, is Jesus wants to reign over you. In this age right now, he's going to rule over the nations. That's going to happen. But right now, in the midst of the healings, in the midst of the miracles,